Our guest today is going to be Sandy Robinson. She's a trustee at the Milwaukee Art Museum, and she will be speaking to us about the African American Art Alliance, which is a support group for the museum. And our acronym for that is Quad A, because there are four A's. I wanted to precede her talk by, first of all, saying that there are a lot of people at the church here who've been very involved with supporting the Art Museum. Before it became the Milwaukee Art Museum, it used to be the Milwaukee Arts Center. And I was so excited, first of all, that Sandy said she'd come and early in the morning. <laughs> and I just wanted to say this about why I'm so excited about Quad A is because of my background as an African-American in Milwaukee and a person that's been going to the Milwaukee Arts Center and the Milwaukee Arts Museum since the 60s. I started going there as a student in art education from the university. And then I went there uh, taking my art students. And then I used it as a resource when I was art supervisor. So I've gone through all of the changes in the building, all of the changes in the museum. But the reason that I'm so excited about Quad A and Sandy being here and in relation to our series is because of the fact that the museum is an institution, it's a cultural institution. For last week, for those of you who were here for the presentation on the conversation of chicken and dumplings, one of the things that I found so interesting was that one of the members of the family that was being spoken about was an artist. And one of the things, his individual communication was so very important to the family and the family's history. The Art Museum has had an uh, interesting, and I would say probably most museums, art museums, have been started by people that have had money or have been wealthy. And the Art Museum here was no, no different. It really started uh, with a gift from Frederick Layton uh, and then progressed on. But it has also had the history of being very elitist and only perceived as a certain group of people attending that museum. So a lot of the broader population was somewhat left out. So I think when we talk about people of color, African Americans, we don't see those particular Americans in museums except lately. And, and artists who have been of African descent and Americans have a lot of times actually not been in these museums or highlighted in these museums. <coughs> so this has been, um, to have Quad A come and when Sandy gives you the history, has been quite wonderful. Um, so I would like to introduce Sandy. <laughs> And Sandy is one of the trustees and has really had this program once it started almost 30 years. Yes, thank you. Jumping off into the broader community, I would say, in a most positive and uplifting way. Thank you very well, much. Thank you. thank you. I want to thank Kathy and David for inviting me this morning. Uh, when she mentioned this to me, I had no idea it was going to be at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> no idea. But I was here last Sunday, and I, I, the chicken and dumplings did not arrive. So it looks like I got the right, I'm here on the right Sunday now. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, the Art Museum has nine uh, affiliate groups, friends groups of the Milwaukee Art Museum. So if you're interested in a particular kind of art, we have a support group 
that you can join. So if you're interested in photography, we have the Photography Council. If you're interested in prints, we have the Print Forum. If you're interested in contemporary art, there's uh, the Contemporary Art. So we have the African American Art Alliance for folks that are interested in African American art and African American artists. Now I'm often asked by uh, people, does that mean only African Americans can join? <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> right. Anyone is welcome to join the African American Art Alliance and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, participate in our activities. I thought I'd begin this morning by just taking you through a little journey about how I got to be the president of the African American Art Alliance. In, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip over a few decades and get right to the <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I came to uh, Milwaukee in 1974 because I saw a job that was advertised at Marquette University. And we have a program there called the Educational Opportunity Program which is a program that uh, takes in first-generation college students and students from low-income families. So I saw the job advertised in the paper and I came. I didn't know anything about Milwaukee except that it was cold and Kareem was on the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only thing I knew. So uh, that was in the 70s and so I worked there 36 years. I retired in 2010. In the 80s, there was a group of women, uh, very uh, influential women, at of Marquette alums that decided that they wanted to put a museum on the campus. And so that's how we got the Haggerty Museum of Art on the, uh, on the campus. So while I was working there, I've always had an interest in art. I've always wanted my students to be involved in art. So I got involved in the Haggerty Museum and joined the Friends Board there, kind of like the Trustees Board there. And it was while I was on the Trustees Board at the Haggerty, and I don't know how this happened, but someone recommended me to join the trustees board at the Milwaukee Art Museum. I'm still trying to figure out who recommended me, but I don't know at this point. But it was when I joined the trustee board at the uh, Milwaukee Art Museum that I met Dorothy Nell Sanders. She was already a trustee there. And uh, she was working very closely with Russell Bowman, who was the director at that time. And she said, Sandy, we have a group that you might be interested in joining. And she told me all about the African American Art Alliance. And what she wanted to do was she wanted to have art by African American artists as a permanent part of the museum's collection. So that when anyone came into the museum, the docents would be able to show people the African American art and artists that were part of the museum's permanent collection. So uh, that's where I met Dorothy Nell. She passed away in 2013 at the age of 96. She was a Spelman grad. She was married to a very prominent doctor, Dr. Arthur Sanders, and she was one, they were one of the first families to move into Wauwatosa back in the 1950s. And then I met Lucinda Gordon, who was, uh, and Gloria Wright, and both of the three of them joined the, the nucleus, uh, were the founders that we consider the African American Art Alliance. Lucinda Gordon lived to be 101. Uh, she was a civil rights activist, and she was the founder, I don't know if you remember, Lady Pitt's School for, yeah. That was uh, Lucinda's idea. And Gloria is still with us. She's, um, again, very active, living on Capitol Drive, very active in her community. 
She's an avid gardener and she's an avid collector. So the three of them are, are, we consider them the founders of the African American Art Alliance. These are all of the things that we have purchased in our 30 years of existence. Um, there are about 16 things there that we have managed to raise funds from our membership and fundraising drives in order to have as part of the permanent collection uh, of the art museum. So I'm just going to highlight, if I was doing a highlight of the things that we've collected, I'm just going to show you three of the ones that I consider uh, highlights. This is Lois Maylou Jones. She is the icon of the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, she was born in Boston in 1905, died in 1998. And if, you, if there's any chronology of African-American artists, women artists, artists of the uh, Harlem Renaissance, this is the one that everyone knows. You open up any kind of book on art history and you will find the, uh, the mention of Lois Maylou Jones. And this is our classic piece. This, this is the iconic piece done by Lois Maylou Jones. We purchased this, I think, in 1993. And I'm not going to give a docent lecture because there's some docents in here and I don't want them fact-checking me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give a docent lecture. But uh, this is one of the things we're most proud of owning. Uh, Russell Bowman, who was the director at that time, I don't know how he did it, but we actually bought this from Lois Maylou Jones. We did not buy this through a gallery. We did not buy this through an auction house. So that's kind of rare that we were able to own this piece uh, by her. Uh, she actually visited. Uh, we had a lecture. She came to visit. I think she was in her late 80s. This was in 1994 when she uh, spoke on, uh, at, the, at the museum. This piece is so often out because it's been lit to 15 different institutions so far. So it's traveled, traveled, traveled all over the country. We've put a moratorium on it now so that people can actually see it here in Milwaukee. So, uh, but this is one of our most prized uh, possessions that we have uh, gifted to the Milwaukee Art Museum. And uh, this is, I think the, uh, the doses can help me, this is a, an icon of Ethiopia. This, these are scenes of Harlem. Uh, the, the blue indigo is that. Remember that song, the blue indigo. Yeah, this is the blue indigo. So uh, this again, I won't go into trying to do a, a docent talk on it, but this is the um, one of the pieces that I think you know highlights that we're most representative of our collection. The next one is, you might not have heard of Glenn Ligon. He is uh, <clears throat> one of the most important contemporary, not only African-American co uh, contemporary artists, but one of the most contemporary artists of our time. And he uh, was born in the Bronx. He uh, was influenced by Zora Neale Hurston and Ralph Ellison. And uh, he is, um, he was one of the, beginners of what they call the post-black movement. Um, at one point during the early uh, Renaissance days, it was thought that African-American artists should be depicting uplifting scenes. They should be representing the race. Uh, they should be thinking broader about the culture. 
Then there was this movement called the post-black movement, which meant you don't have to necessarily do that. You can just do things that associate with your identity. You don't need to feel to speak for the race. You can do things that you feel to speak for you. So Glenn Ligon was one of the pioneering artists who was a part of that post-black movement. And he'll take a, he takes text, written words, and he'll blur, he'll start out with a sentence and then he'll blur it and blur it and blur it until you probably can't even read it anymore. And that is his way of saying, how do we communicate? Um, sometimes what you think you're saying, you're not really saying. How do people interpret what you're saying? So he uses text uh, in that way. And this is the piece that we bought from Glenn Ligon when he was 39 years old. And he did a series on the Million Man March. I don't know if you remember the Million Man March that took place in, I think it was 95. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't at the Million Man March, but he did a series there called We're Black and We're Strong. So what I understand, this is a, a screen, a silk screen on a stretched canvas. Uh, there were words on there called We're Black and We're Strong that he photoshopped out. And you see the crowd here of, of men uh, protesting. Now, at that Million Man March, the, uh, women were not allowed to participate. We were supposed to stay home and have a day of absence. So, uh, but um, Glenn Liger took the words, we're black and we're strong, out so that people can kind of say, what was the message? Did the message really get through? How are people interpreting the message? And so that is, uh, and we actually had Glenn Ligon uh, speak. Uh, he came also, that's one of the things that was nice about many of the things we've collected. We've actually had a chance to eyeball and have conversations with, with the artists that we have uh, collected. Uh, Glenn's work, let me see, I was trying to think of the, um, the title of his work that he says, I feel most colored when I'm thrown against a white background. That was a piece that was sold in 2014. I feel most colored when I'm thrown against a white background. That sold for $2.6 million in 2014. There are like four or five really um, African-American artists that are up there in the million dollar bracket. And uh, Glenn Ligon is one of them that's made up. <clears throat> and he's what, 56 now, uh, 56 years old. I think you might recognize Kehinde uh, Wiley. Um, when, uh, when we noticed Kehinde Wiley, he was 29 years old. Uh, he had just received his MFA. Uh, probably about 2001, 2002 from Yale University. And uh, nobody had really much heard of him. He was just one, he had just done one show in, uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And a friend of mine brought his name to my attention and I mentioned it around the museum to Margaret Andera at that time. And uh, we just decided, hey, let's take a chance on this young man. And so uh, this is Kehinde Wiley, he's a twin. And uh, a very interesting fellow, when we had him come to speak, we had to uh, ply him with scotch in order to get him up, <laughs> get him out in front. Yeah. So uh, Barbara Brownlee was in the back giving him shots of scotch. <laughs> and we got him out there. He's also an avid fisherman. 
And so uh, he invited myself and another friend on a fishing trip uh, when he was in Miami. And the only thing I'd like to say is, thank God there was no social media back there during those days. <laughs> what happened on the fishing trip stayed on the fishing trip. <laughs> but um, he is, as you well know, he now has um, worked himself up to, and this was, I think people probably recognize this is the young man that did the portrait of, of uh, President Obama. Okay. So, um, you know, I think you can kind of take a look at this. This is, uh, you can pass this around. This is an image of St. Dionysus. Uh, from what I understand, St. Dionysus was the first bishop of Athens. And there was a sculptor that did uh, sculptures of saints around the uh, basilica in Vatican, in the Vatican. And if you pass around, you'll see uh, the sculpture uh, that, uh, that uh, Kehinde used as his mound. Now, some of you might not know Kehinde. This is how he started. He would, when he when he graduated from Yale, he would just walk the neighborhoods of Harlem. Um, he would identify and walk up to people and said, "I'm an artist. Um, I'm interested in doing a portrait of you. Would you be interested?" Some people said yes. Some people said no. Then he wanted to make a point of taking young urban black men or boys and putting them in these classical old masters paintings. So they would look through a book, identify a, a, with a particular era or a particular portrait or a particular style, and he would put them in that fashion. So if you look around, you can see how he put uh, <coughs> his jacket and urban clothes into this uh, old classic setting. This, uh, now he found this young man on Craigslist. He put out a call on Craigslist for a model, and this uh, young man was an intern at uh, working at a radio station in New York City. So he answered the call and uh, has been immortalized uh, in this painting. So we are very pleased. Now this is one of the most popular. I'm always pleased because every time I go to the museum, you can always see uh, students, kids and young students sitting around <laughs> taking a drawing and looking at this particular. So uh, that's why uh, we really are quite lucky that we were able to buy this. Uh, we wouldn't be able to buy it today, but we were able to afford to buy it in 2006 when we purchased it. What is he holding up? It's a lantern. A lantern. A lantern, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you'll pass that around, you'll see. I'll, I'll put that on my uh, PowerPoint the next time I show it. So those are the three things that I'd kind of like to highlight from uh, uh, acquisitions that we have made through, through the 30 years. The next thing we were always interested in doing is sponsoring exhibitions. And so I've just got a three exhibitions that I kind of wanted to highlight to you. Some of you may remember the women from the, <coughs> the quilts of G's Bend. These were uh, women that quilted in G's Bend, Alabama. We had a fabulous exhibition that we, we sponsored with that. And we brought um, the women in, and they were here for uh, three or four days, touring Milwaukee, participating, giving lectures, and so it was just really, really, really nice. So once this is the first time we tried this, because while the um, G's Bend exhibition was up, 
we uh, said, let's do get our local quilters involved. That would be nice to have a show of their work. So we found these were local quilters, and we had a show of their quilts up at the same time that the G's Bend quilts were up. So this was up for a week. And this was our first kind of like foray into let's try to bring some of the people that are into the, in our community into the museum and have them situated with the exhibitions that we have. So, <clears throat> and then we have, you might know the name Faith Ringo. She's a very known quilter. And she spoke as, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, and she spoke as well. I hit the wrong thing. Okay. So the, you may recognize some of these. Well, this is uh, Marvin Pratt's wife right here, Diane Pratt. Okay. All right. So the next uh, exhibition we tried was 30 Americans. <clears throat> that was a blockbuster museum, I mean, a blockbuster exhibition at the museum. And of uh, the 30 Americans, it was a collection from the Rubel family this very wealthy family in Miami, and they uh, have their own museum, they're so wealthy. And they had identified 30 uh, Americans to, uh, and bought all of their work, a lot of their work, and we had the show traveled around the country, and we, it came to, uh, to the Art Museum in June of, uh, of 2013. So these were part of 30 Americans. Um, I don't know if you recognize any of them now. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Hank Willis, and this is Rasheed Johnson, that's Nick Cave, uh, Percy Young, Michaelina Thomas, all of these, Carrie James Marshall, all of these are very prominent African American uh, artists that were part of that uh, 30 Americans. So, we went and found 30 Wisconsin people. <laughs> All right. And we called them the Wisconsin 30. And we had their work up at the same time as the 30 Americans. And I am just really, you know, happy and proud and pleased to say that a lot of these young people and people here have gone on with their, do, with their careers to do solo shows, gallery shows, gallery talks, become professors. Um, you might know. Um, Amar uh, Anwar Floyd Pruitt, who um, has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Harvard, uh, decided he wanted to do art. He went back to um, get his bachelor's degree in studio art from UWM and is now in an MFA program at UW-Madison in sculpture. Sharon's a well-known quilter now. She just had a show at the Portrait Society Gallery. Uh, Tiana has uh, solo shows in Detroit. She's a professor uh, at the College of Creative Studies in Detroit. You know Evelyn Terry. Everybody know Evelyn Terry from around town? Mm -hmm. Really prominent artist. Uh, Della Wells. Uh, this is Reggie Baylor. You know that name, Reggie Baylor? Yeah. So these were our 30, um, our 30 Wisconsin. We had a lot of fun with this show because we used them as docents community docents. So uh, when, when we had a lot of requests for uh, tours. So we, would, we had these, uh, these 30 individuals trained to know a little bit about the museum, and then they knew all about the 30 American exhibition and, the, and their work. So it was really, really um, a good blend of uh, uh, mixing um, 
prominent African-American artists, with, with local artists, and it generated so much goodwill on the part of the museum because, of course, they brought in a different audience into the museum to see their work. Uh, and then our most recent foray into bringing into the community was with the Family Pictures exhibition that just uh, closed. Uh, the Family Pictures exhibition featured uh, photography by, I think there were close to 12 different African-American photographers, uh, Gordon Parks, uh, Lorna Simpson, Roy DeCavara, big names like this. Uh, this is a photograph taken by uh, John Edmonds. And so we, um, but when this photography, and this just closed as you see in January 20th. So we had that show there. And what we did was we asked a local African-American photographer to come to the museum to take family pictures of uh, people as they came into the museum. So he took over 250 different families, uh, individual pictures, and so it was really quite successful. Uh, these are some of the pictures. <laughs> Uh, so you might recognize, uh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. so, um, and I don't know if you know the Frachis, Tim and Sue Frachi? Yes. Okay, yes, yeah, huge, big family. So these are the kinds of things that we um, enjoy doing, when, doing whenever we can have an exhibition and make it relevant to, uh, to the local, and local community and bring people in. And this is Corey. Now, his, this is a young guy. He's the one who took the pictures. Uh, 23, 24 years old. He just had a show at the Museum of Wisconsin Artists. Uh, his photography was there. That's how we found out about him. We read about the show. I said, hey, maybe we could get him to come to the art museum to take some pictures. So this is Corey right here. And he took, uh, he took uh, all of these photos and, and many, many more. What we have coming up next is by another contemporary artist. He was part of the uh, 30 Americans. And his name is Rashid Johnson. And uh, we had a show open uh, not too long ago, I think 2018. Hail We Now Sing the Joy. He had this humongous structure with foliage and, and uh, soaps and, and vases and whatnot. So, uh, we, um, Margaret Mandera, who's the curator, fell in love with a, one of his pieces, and so we uh, partnered with the Contemporary Art Society, and we purchased this. Uh, now, you, it looks better than it looks. <laughs> 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 but as you can see, it's, and it's, these are ceramic tiles, and it weighs about a ton. So. Uh, it's called Untitled Anxious Audience. And it's uh, someone looking out at you and you looking at that person and all kinds of anxiety that people have. Uh, Margaret explains it very well, but it's ceramic tile on soap and wax. Now, we purchased, purchased this, but we're going to, it's not out yet. And so we, it will be out in 2019. So this is one of our upcoming uh, events that we will have 
that we will sponsor a reception and bring people in when we begin to, when this comes out, and I hope it comes out uh, soon, but, but uh, and I hope you'll take a chance to, we'll come and see it because uh, in person, because it's not that good of a representation on this. Oh, our Jesus. I think it go from this wall to that Carl Preeby print. It's mammoth, mammoth. And uh, she said it weighs over a ton. So that's what's coming up. We are in our 30th year, and uh, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to purchase to celebrate our 30th anniversary. When we bought the Kahende, we were celebrating our 15th anniversary. And we bought, we bought uh, every year we bought, purchased something to celebrate our anniversary. So this year, I don't know what, I'll have to uh, see what Margaret Andera has in mind. She generally makes the recommendations and we'll see if we can uh, raise the funds to purchase something again uh, for our 30th uh, anniversary. And, um, Again, you, uh, maybe you might want to join me in a moment of silent prayer. <laughs> but <laughs> if, I, if I hit the lottery, these are the four things that I would like to do with the Milwaukee Art Museum. I would like for the museum to be free every day for everyone in Milwaukee County. So if I hit the lottery, I would like to subsidize that so it would always be free for Milwaukee County residents every day. Uh, yesterday we had, <clears throat> we entertained a group of pastors. First time, there's a group called Pastors United, I never heard of them. But uh, a group of them, about uh, 30 of them came to the museum uh, yesterday for a black history tour. And these were first time visitors to the museum. Well, you know, if you're not a member, it's $17. And then you have to pay to park. So it gets to be expensive. And for a lot of, that's when it really hit me yesterday about how that's a barrier for a lot of people to come into the museum. So if there was a way that we could find a way to make it free. Now, it's free on the first Thursday of every month. Museum is open from 10 to 8, and it's free on the first Thursday. But like I say, if I hit the lottery, I'd like for it to be every, free every day for Milwaukee County residents. I, I'd like to endow a community outreach position at the Milwaukee Art Museum. Uh, our support group, we're, we do things that we can, but if we had a position that was permanent, who, someone whose responsibility it was to go out into the community with all of the exhibitions that we have and bring people in and also take the museum out, that would be uh, a really big boost in terms of the diverse audience that we could reach into the museum. So we don't have that position now. It kind of happens ad hoc, different people doing different things at different times, but it's not centralized the way I would like for it to be. So that's something that <clears throat> has always interested me and something that I would like to see. Um, I would like to see us bring in a very prominent, high-profile women's speaker during March, during Women's, uh, women's History Month, uh, to come and spend some time out in the community uh, doing public lectures, maybe teaching some classes, 
and uh, endow that to bring someone uh, every year in during Women's History Month. And lastly, I mean, you know, just next, uh, every museum is lusting after a painting by Carrie James Marshall. Um, we had an opportunity, I guess, maybe about 10, 12 years ago, where you could have purchased one for six digits, you know. But now they are, I think uh, Sean Combs, uh, Puff Daddy or whatever they call him, just <laughs> purchased a Carrie James piece for $21 million. Oh. So, uh, you know, you really do need to hit the lottery to buy one of <laughs> to get one of those. But we certainly um, would like to have one of these in, in our collection. So uh, that's kind of like my wish list if, if I were to find out on Wednesday that I hit the Powerball. <laughs> so let me close by mentioning to you this project, the San Quentin Project, Nigel Poor and the Men of San Quentin State Prison. I don't know if you've heard that they've been interviewed by Terry Gross on NPR, and they were uh, a subject on the PBS uh, NewsHour. Um, so this, a lot of people might not consider this art, I do, and it's a very, very, very important exhibition. Nigel Poor is a young uh, professor who worked at Sacramento State uh, University, and uh, she is an artist and she's a photographer. And Nigel uh, had incarcerated people in her class. That's when the, the incarcerated uh, individuals could get Pell Grants. So they were on release and they took her class, the history of uh, photography. Um, Congress uh, um, rolled back, allowing incarcerated people to get Pell Grants so they could no longer come to Sacramento State. So she took her class inside the prison and started doing uh, photography and literature and writing with the inmates there. While she was there, she uh, struck up a relationship with an inmate called Erlon Woods, <coughs> who was incarcerated, had received uh, a 31-year sentence for second-degree armed robbery. And uh, <coughs> so the two of them worked together on a a podcast called Ear Hustle, and it's a really uh, well-listened-to podcast. Um, so um, fast forward, um, Governor Jerry Brown just commuted early on Williams' sentence. He served 20 years, and he was just released this past November. So Nigel and Early on have been making the, the circuit, talking about their, uh, their experience. This conversation uh, is so important. We had a weekend symposium on how art and creativity can play a part in criminal justice reform. And we had uh, a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it, experts and people who were involved in the correctional system attend the workshops. Last week we had Early On and Nigel Poor, the Lubar Auditorium. You couldn't find another seat in there. We had people in the overflow room. We had a lot of people there, again, the, the, uh, the uh, superintendent of the uh, Division of Correctional Services were there, 
There were a lot of judges there, a lot of probation officers, people who deal with incarcerated people. And they got a chance to listen to Early Al Woods and Nigel, and we're hoping that their impact on their talk will have some influence on how we do criminal justice and how we look at it in incarcerated individuals. This um, uh, March 7th, which is again the first Thursday, uh, which is free, there will be a community discussion on returning voting rights uh, to incarcerated people. So if you are interested in that discussion, that will take place at the Lubar Auditorium on Thursday, March 7th at 2.16, Restoring Voting Rights to Incarcerated Individuals. So, um, I, you know, I, in terms of uh, the topic, art is so important. I think Sheila said we just place little pebbles and we hope that when we drop the pebbles in the water that they circle out and that they reach individuals in ways that they might not think of, that it will bring some peace, uh, some calm, some creativity, some thinking. If you've been to the museum, I've been to a lot of museums, but nothing takes my breath away than coming to that museum and seeing it sited on Lake Michigan the way that it is. If you go upstairs and sit on the second floor, it's so contemplative up there. When you walk past, you, can, you feel, you know, you just get the spirit and you can really feel I'm not necessarily a, you know, overly spiritual person, but you can really feel God's majesty when you look out there and see the make, see the way our museum is situated on the lake, and the combination there. So, I hope that um, that you've learned a little bit about our uh, African American Art Alliance. That Kathy will keep you in the loop on things that we do, and that you will feel free to. Uh, come to the museum and participate in some of our um, some of our activities. Thank you.